Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. We live in a world today where broadcast media has fallen from its once lofty pedestal, the primary source of accurate, concise news and information, to an industry in a state of panic. Faced with the ongoing challenge of monetizing digital news due to the intricate open source complexities of the Internet, we find that instead of newspapers, magazines, and TV networks being separate entities, we now see that they're all merely divisions of the same media conglomerate. In the end result, we find a culture of networks that have evolved to make truth and accuracy secondary, and the pursuit of ratings, advertising dollars, and the buzz of social media the news desk's primary focus. The once rare occurrence has become the standard, and the code of ethics that held the profession of journalism in check is long forgotten. 
as well as its often touted quotes that were carefully placed in a network statement of retraction and apology for unvetted news stories gone awry. The factual basis for news has taken a back seat to its emotional value and viral potential. This is so much a part of the new media debacle that you can hardly find news stories or even a weather report for that matter that have not been exaggerated with a healthy dose of sensationalism, scare tactics, or unwarranted possible tragic outcomes. Shaping public opinion used to be a part of a network's identity that they would reiterate with a daily barrage of blurbs that were meant to educate or reinforce their values or politics that define their mission and would hopefully make them stand out among their competitors as a unique source. Although media seems to have the full attention of the corporate and political base, it seems to be losing its control and status in the realm of public opinion. Most have given up on trying to drive these opinions and are now relying more and more on trying to follow rather than lead and focus on early discovery and adaptation of social media trends in order to hopefully appear to be in line with public opinion. Look, there's a hole in the wall of new media, but the way I see it, the problem's not the hole, the problem is the wall. It's what's hidden behind the wall or veil, if you will, is new media's failing. It's no secret that the media has for some time focused on how to earn viewers' loyalty and trust in order to control how and what we think. But the veracity of social media's information exchange has forced new media to rethink their programming and interaction with this new type of viewer that is evolving and growing at a faster pace that can be accurately measured by today's benchmarks. With the on-camera presence of the laptop on virtually every newscast, media has conveniently presented a viable resource that the viewer could very well use to get the same information. This once sedentary audience is now supplementing their viewing experience with a healthy dose of online multitasking and have become very tech savvy and needs to be recognized as capable of news gathering, critical thinking, and fact checking from multiple sources at a moment's notice, voicing their point of view and quickly becoming a viable part of the story through public opinion, which then gives them an even greater role on how news is compiled and disseminated. Our world is rapidly changing, as is our response to news stories and the tactics that can be used effectively to captivate audiences. Some of these tactics that are still used are rapidly becoming outdated. For example, when I hear a news teaser that tells me that I would need to tune in at 10 or 11 to get the full story, I'm no longer at the mercy of the network. As a matter of fact, if I am indeed interested, I search the topic myself on the Internet to find the information that they would want me to wait to hear. And I find that by the time the story airs at 10 or 11, one, I have more information on the same story that was presented in the newscast. Two, I have already had plenty of time to discuss it in detail with my wife and form my own opinion. Three, tweeted, posted the topic or news story on Facebook and Google+, LinkedIn from the sources that I've found. And four, I've had the time to respond to the comments from the network of friends and responders. And five, 
By the time the story airs at 10 or 11, not only am I not further informed by its 40 to 90 second contribution, I'm also unimpressed. Am I the only one who takes this approach? I think not. This is rapidly becoming the norm. Just as YouTube has fostered a culture of content that is promoted after it's produced based on its organic interest and buzzworthy measure on the social media trend curve, we find that new media's attempts to manufacture or counterfeit this kind of response has led to awkward, failed attempts that merge new media concepts with old production standards that, in effect, creates a random hodgepodge that often falls short on both production and execution. Just as Facebook has shown it's far better to go to where the traffic is than to spend the money and resources it takes to drive traffic to you, we see a new paradigm in web analytics that has a repeating theme that reveals that the free, trending social media solution that everyone's talking about is what's more often the most effective. Now that the public has fully embraced this powerful new tool of social media and can now dictate by their actions how and where they would like to receive and align themselves with sources of news and information, it's clear that some changes need to be made. Although I do have some answers due to over a decade in media and some astute observations, I can say this. What is most important in this ever-changing world of new media, information technology, and social media is that new media visionaries stay focused in order to get that first glimpse of what's new on the horizon and project and plan for its potential impact and opportunity accordingly. So it's imperative in order to gain this advantage that first and foremost that we are at least looking in the right direction. I'm confident to say that I'm looking in the right direction and am in the process of perfecting a system of digital media standards that produce social interaction engines that will easily power the social media vehicle of the day and quickly be dropped into the new media model of the future. It's not as difficult as one might think. We just need to see our viewers as trusted partners and not a captive audience. I predicted the death of the printed newspaper back in 2004 for this very same reason. Now you would think that with all this talk about what's wrong in new media, that I would have all the answers. Well, I don't. But I promise though, that in the near future, it will be very clear that I have taken up the banner to be a key player in this new media transition and I have committed myself to do my part to rage against the machine. But this is a major undertaking, that although I've laid the groundwork, it will require the support and expertise of some very talented and dedicated individuals. Believe it or not, I think I've got that part taken care of. I have put together my own dream team of visionaries, if you will, that are some of the most dynamic, forward, critical thinkers that the industry has never heard of. Well, not in this capacity anyway. And our unorthodox approach to new media standards will be a catalyst for change and a successful transition. But honestly, our work has just begun. 
I could puff out my chest and speculate and make vast projections about this new undertaking. After all, I'm honored and humbled at the task and clear vision that God has given me. Yes, I could say more, but anything beyond that requires a measure of truth. What is the sequestration? Am I affected? When will I know for sure? Is it too late to fix this mess? Many companies are laying off employees, reducing wages, or eliminating benefits. The future is unknown, and this can have a dramatic effect on your finances. Your credit says a lot about who you are and is one of the most important aspects of your financial profile. If you have bad credit, you could be denied for a loan, receive a higher interest rate, get fired, lose out on job opportunities, get denied a security clearance, have legal action taken against you, be treated like a criminal, or lose friends and family because of your debt. Since we really can't be sure of what's over the horizon, now is the time to get your affairs in order. Paying just a minimum of monthly credit card payment or loan payment causes the average consumer to pay two to three times the original cost of the item purchased. But there's still hope as long as you're willing to stop procrastinating. Don't wait to get help. Start now to improve your financial profile. If you need help to develop a plan to deal with your current financial situation, look, this is the show for you. Or maybe you can just pass along a plan of action to someone in need. But let's be honest. If you've never had a financial crisis, chances are you would not know where to begin to get out. But first, you'll need to take a long, hard look at your current situation and put your pride aside and focus on a measure of truth. Kareem Freeman, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thanks so much for having me. No, thank you for joining us. Um, it's good to have you back, and um, it seems like it's really timely, too, to have you back at this time where so many people are unsure about their current job situation and financial future because of it. Yes, um, and that's a great point. Uh, many people uh, don't really know what to do. The information provided by the media is not really uh, being presented in a simple manner for people to really understand what's going on, so people don't know what to do. And some people are paralyzed by fear, including employers. Uh, some mm -hmm. employers uh, don't want to hire people. They may bring candidates in for job interviews and have them go through rounds and rounds of interviews, go through testing, um, psychological and personality tests and what have you, and um, that they still don't hire people because they're afraid um, be, because they don't know what is going to happen with the economy. So employers all the way down to specific individuals don't really know what to do because of this sequestration. And tell us a little bit about what you've been doing to sort of reach out to the community and educate folks about their finances and what they can do and what they need to do regardless of which way the economy is going. Yes, uh, that's a great point. So I tell my clients, and when I go give to when I go give seminars, I 
educate people and I tell them that you should make your financial situation so strong and tight that no matter what happens outside of your environment, you are not infected. But most people live above their means, and so when something happens with the economy and the economy tanks, they are affected. And so we really need to reverse that and really get our finances together, improve your credit score, save for a rainy day, plan for retirement, you know, and in, in, invest in investments, invest in mutual funds, um, and just make sure that you spend less than you earn. You know, a lot of people live in large homes. They have expensive cars. They want to wear designer clothes. They want to go out to eat. They want to uh, go on expensive vacations. But those things will catch up to you, as we can see now, with the sequestration. Many people are living in fear because they don't have any savings. They don't have a retirement, and they're spending more than they earn. And um, You've been actually – you know, speaking to the youth as well. And um, that's something I think we should address because a lot of children aren't getting the education about finances from their parents. And as a matter of fact, the times have changed so much. It used to be that when a kid said that they wanted something, they you could ask them, so when do you think you'll be able to get it? Because they were saving for it. They had an allowance and they were aware of the time frame it would take to get that thing that they wanted. But I don't even know if that happens anymore. Well, it does happen in some families, but in a lot of other families it does not happen, and it's unfortunate. My parents did not teach me about financial literacy. I learned on my own and through trial and error. Financial literacy is taught in some schools, but the curriculum is so complex that students don't retain the information that they're taught. And other students have to find out um, through trial and error um, and so we want to prevent that. We want to make sure that when students finish high school or finish college, that they are properly educated in life skills as well as um, education so that they do not make these mistakes that the adults have made with foreclosure, filing for bankruptcy, being upside down in their homes, and those kind of issues. So give us an idea of um, how you you know can communicate an idea or a concept to a, a younger person that helps them to retain this information and be able to um, you know be motivated enough to actually use it. Well, the key thing to remember is that every action that you take today is going to affect you in the future. Many um, youth and students think that they're invincible and they think they have all the time in the world. Well, that's not the case anymore. Every Thing that you do will affect you in the future. So if you are spending your paycheck and spending all of your money and not saving, that will come back to haunt you in five or ten years. And so it's important that as soon as you get a job, even if it's a part-time job, you need to start saving and thinking about your future. Think about what, what kind of life you want to have in five to ten years and set specific goals to help you achieve um, those things that you want out of life. And remember that um, today is the the first day to the to your future, and so you need to make sure that you make good, smart choices today, so that you will have a successful financial life. Yeah, but that that sounds like the grown-up version. How, how do you <laughs> illustrate that to these young people so that it sticks? How do you make it real to them so that they're saying, "Yeah, you know, yeah, you're right," you know, because that's the barrier. Because you know. Most young people think they know it all already, and they think they got a handle on it, and things won't be that way for them. Right, and 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 that is a good point. They don't think that this, these issues will affect them, but they will. And a lot of um, a lot of youth and a lot of students think 
that, well, I can just live with my parents a little longer or my parents will take care of that. Well, unfortunately, your parents are in a financial bond as well. And so when I give seminars, I provide realistic examples. You know, I do a comparison of just for something as small as if you smoke, you know, how much money is spent with smoking. The average cost of a pack of cigarettes can be anywhere from 6 to $10 a pack. And so if you buy a pack of cigarettes, um, let's say one day that you're spending anywhere from 30 to $100 a week in a month, that's 120 to $400 a month. In a year, that could be up to $4,800 a year. And so if you just make that one change, that money could be put into savings or put into um, put towards paying down debt. And so um, just make it, making small changes and small sacrifices now will definitely add up later. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, what what do you find that young people have as a goal, you know, for their financial future? Because it's often hard to get um, young people away from things that are really unrealistic that are, you know, enforced in them by the media to something that's real life, you know, just, you know, buying your first home and raising a family. Well, unfortunately, um, some of them don't even have goals. Some of them, you know, are just focused on living day to day and enjoying life day to day. They get caught up with the media. They get caught up with the lifestyles of the celebrities, and they want to live those lifestyles, even though their paycheck does not match that. And so it's difficult for them to think about their future and actually sit down and plan out financial goals. And so we have to remind them that those things are fantasies. You have to come back to reality and, and realize that if you want to have certain things in life, you have to start planning now and make the sacrifices now. Yeah, and that is so true. And um, so there, there are a lot of people right now that are in situations that, you know, they feel are hopeless. And um, when someone is hit by a financial crisis, um, what are some of the key things that they can do right away when before it starts to take its toll to help them to be able to manage that better? Well, that's a great question, and the first thing you need to do is to remain calm. A lot of people make bad decisions based off their emotions, and so you want to remain calm. You want to admit that you have a problem that you need assistance with and ask for help. There are several uh, civic and social programs and government programs available to help people who are experiencing a financial crisis. You also can go to a professional and get help to and they can help you map out a plan to help you deal with your financial crisis. And you want to make sure that you don't make your situation worse. A lot of people, you know, may be facing foreclosure or may be, may be in debt and have a lot of debt, and they continue to spend. So you don't want to make your situation worse. You want to look at your situation, develop an action plan, and then take steps to help you with your current situation. And I understand that people are hopeless. When I was going through my financial crisis, I was hopeless. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn, but I gathered the information, I gathered the knowledge and that I needed to turn my situation around. And so no matter what your situation, I want your listeners to know that there is a solution, there is hope, and there is a way to get out of your financial situation. You just have to reach out and ask for help instead of waiting until the last minute. And, and tell our listeners just a little bit about your story and just how far um... – you know, in crisis you were and and the ways you found that you could um, dig yourself out to bring you to the point where you were so successful you had to write a book about it. 
Yes. Yeah, so I went to college, and when I went to college, I got a credit card. By the time I was a senior, I had 13 credit cards, hmm. and I owed $19,000 in debt. Wow. And That's so heavy. when I that is heavy. And so when I graduated, I had a job. I was making the minimum payment, so everything was fine. But I lost my job, and so that's when my financial crisis started. I was unable to make the payments. All of my account went to collections. The creditors were calling me, harassing me, asking for payment. And so I didn't really know what to do. I became paralyzed with fear. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. I was too embarrassed to tell my family and friends about my situation. And so finally I gathered my emotions. I got myself together. I calmed down and said, you know what, I have to take accountability for my actions. I did this to myself. I want to get myself out of this situation, and I made a promise to myself that I would never get in this situation again. And so I set up a payment plan with all of my creditors. I was able to find another job, plus I got a part-time job. I put myself on a strict budget. I didn't go out to eat. I didn't buy any new clothes. I didn't go to the hairdresser. I didn't go out and have fun with my friends, and I just focused on paying my debt um, and, and focused on getting uh, my bills I paid. And it took a period of four years, but I was able to pay off all of my debt, increase my credit score, and then I was later able to purchase a home, uh, purchase a car, uh, start a business, and then write my book. Wow. So you, you did all of this without having to file bankruptcy? That's, that is correct. And at the time, my salary was 21000 so my salary was almost equal to my debt of 19000 Oh, my goodness. And that's a very bleak situation. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I mean, wow. And um, I, I guess that takes a, a lot of resolve and discipline to be able to um, stay with the program because you, you didn't have much of a margin for uh, making any mistakes at that point. That is correct, um, but I was so determined to get myself out of that financial situation because I had goals. I wanted to own a home. I wanted to purchase a car, and the only way I could do that is to pay off this debt. Um, and so I toughed it out. You know, I sucked it up. I cried. I screamed. I you know, was depressed. I was sad, but through all of that, I learned a great deal of valuable information that I have passed on to my clients and passed on to others through financial seminars. Wow. And um, I noticed, too, that um, you've been very busy doing these seminars and um, you're doing some other events as well. Uh, Tell us about some of your activity recently. Yes. uh, Last uh, last week I spoke to some high school students and I talked to them about student loans and how to pay for college. A lot of students' children are getting bad information about how to pay for college. And a lot of students think that their only option is student loans, but actually student loans should be your last option. There are tons of scholarships available and there are tons of grants available that can help students pay for college. And um, on March 19th, I'll be giving a financial seminar to uh, the Union Temple Marriage Ministry on March 24th. I'm going to be talking to some young women about their college and careers, and that's in Washington, D.C., and on March 30th, I'll be giving a financial seminar at the Greater Mount Calvary Church in Washington, D.C. On April 4th, I'll be giving a webinar, How to Minimize the Impact of the Sequestration Cuts in Your Household, and that'll be a webinar on the uh, MBN Women International website. 
And then I'll be giving a workshop on April 20th uh, for the Far Southeast Family Strengthening Collaboration, which will be also be in Washington, D.C. And um, where can they go where they can see all this information in one place? you have, like, a calendar on your webpage or someplace where everyone Yes. Can- Yes, if they go to my website, www.hefreemanenterprises.com, and click on the events page, and they can check back periodically and see all of the events where I will be speaking and appearing. Now, here's the thing. When someone realizes they're in trouble, you know, more often than not, they find that wrong first person to try to help them out. I mean, the predators out there talk a pretty good game. So what is it? What are the warning signs? What are the red flags that a person could um, look out for when they're dealing with someone who's going to do more harm than good? Well, the best thing that people can do is go with their gut. Everyone has intuition. And so if you feel that something isn't right about the person that you're talking to or getting advice from, go with your gut. Your gut will tell you if that person is a reputable person or not. Um, if you if you can't go with your gut or if you don't know your instincts, then you can always do research on a company. You can uh, go to the Better Business Bureau website, bbb.org, and look the company up. Not all companies are in there directly, but some companies are. You can also just do a search on the Internet for the company and see if you see any negative information come up um, mm-hmm. in the first one to four pages or one to three pages. Um, also ask for referrals. Ask your family and friends for referrals for companies that they've used and used the same companies. And so that's a great way. Also, you can ask the company for references. Companies can provide you references uh, of past customers that they have provided service to. And so those are great ways to verify that a company is reputable and the company is going to deliver what they promise. Mm, that's good. Good advice. Yeah, and, um, you know, that going with your gut thing, I've given someone that same advice. I'm, even if I've referred someone, I always say if there's something that makes you uncomfortable, you decide not to do it. You know, don't don't include me in that. You know, everyone has to make up their own mind. And, you know, when you refer someone, you're only trying to help, but you never know which way something's going to go. But um, traveling a path that's already been, you know, cleared for you, I'm sure, is the best way in using references and making sure that someone else has had a good experience. That is true. Now, um, you are involved in some, I I believe there's one other initiative that we've not covered. Is is that correct? Was that something that recently went on as well that you're involved with that we've not included, or have we touched on everything? Um, I think... I think we have touched on everything. I'm sorry. I do so many different things. I know. I know. It's difficult to keep up with everything that I do. And uh, I saw so much on your website as well and um, all the different, you know, publications have been writing about you and endorsing what you do as well. So, um, you know, apparently you're doing really good work and you provide and you know, a source of information that um, is palatable for most people and something that they can really understand at their own level and at their situation's level and and know that it can work for them as well. And I'm sure that must be the hardest part of um, trying to, you know, push your information past the hopelessness that a lot of people are feeling based on their despair and the situations they're in. And that's a good point. Actually, um, just before I came on your show, I was providing some free 
uh, counseling to individuals who are are low-income individuals. Some are unemployed, some are working part-time, and um, some have uh, medical issues. And so I was giving them advice on their uh, particular financial situation. Some have credit issues and some have other issues that they're dealing with. And so um, it's in a low-income area. And so, yes, many people are um, have a sense of despair, have, have a sense of hopelessness. And so I just try to encourage them um, that they can overcome their situation. I tell them about my own situation and let them know that they are not the only ones that have gone through financial crisis and that uh, you can overcome their their. Their, uh, you can't overcome a crisis. And so, um, you know, I just really try to be supportive and encouraging to people when I talk to them. Um, sometimes people need hand-holding, so I provide that as well. And so I just try to give motivation to people to let them know that they are not alone. And your successful stories, the people that you've actually worked with that have gotten themselves out of their situation and now they've got a, a credit score that allows them some some options that most people would want to have, on their financial um, track. Tell us what are the next steps after people are, you know, have repaired their um, broken situation? Well, the next steps are that people uh, need to take the information that they learn from working with me and, and actually implement it. So if you have, if you, if your issue was your credit and now you have good credit, now you need to follow the steps that I have laid out to actually maintain your good credit. And so once you have good credit, you need to make sure you continue to pay your bills on time. Make sure that your credit card uh, balances are 20% or less of the credit card limit. Make sure that uh, you don't let uh, you don't uh, co-sign for a loan or a credit card because you can't really control what someone else does with uh, their money or how they spend their money or their, how they handle their obligations. And so I just try to remind people, that this is a continual process. It's not just a one-time thing. You always have to be involved with your credit and with your finances to make sure you stay on track. Now, did I see a story about someone breaking into your car and, you know, some problems that caused you as well on your website? Yes. I was a victim of identity theft. Um, I believe that was 2010 or 2011. And I was at the gas station, and many women are guilty of this. I left my purse on the seat. I went into the gas station, paid for my gas. While I was in the gas station, someone broke my window and stole my purse. Although the gas station was full of people, no one screamed and no one said anything. And so I come out, I ask people what happened, and no one says anything. So I had to call the police. My checkbook was in my purse, my uh, credit card, my debit card, my ID, my house keys, um, you know, everything was in my purse. The only thing I had in my hand was my phone and my money. So thank goodness I had my phone, so I was able to quickly call the police and cancel all of my cards. But um, if I didn't have my phone, you know, who knows how much more damage they could have done. They ended up taking several thousand dollars out of my uh, out of my account, but I was mm. able to uh, get it recovered. Wow. And um, what method did they use to do that? They uh, wrote fraudulent checks. On, I see. On, uh, yes, they wrote fraudulent checks because my checkbook was in my purse. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a difficult thing to recover from. You know, I've heard people who've said that, you know, it, it took them over a year to be able to, you know, get rid of all the damage that was done by identity fraud. 
And um, right. are, are, do you have any suggestions for people as to how they should protect themselves and, um, you know, to, you know, be um, more aware and um, some of the, the easier ways, too, that a person could become a target to identity theft? Absolutely. When you shop online, make sure that you only shop with reputable brand name companies. Don't don't shop at websites that you've never heard of um, and make sure that they have um, secure uh, payment pages. You should have an SHTTP or HTTPS on the payment page. Um, make sure that when you uh, go purchase an item at a store, you keep the receipts Make sure that uh, when you pay with a credit card, you get your credit card back. Um, try to pay cash more often than using a credit card or debit card because that increases your chance of being a victim of identity theft. You also want to make sure that you reconcile your bank statement with your purchases and, and make sure you do that at least once a week because if there's a fraudulent charge in there, you can catch it right away. You only have a small window to report, um, report identity theft or any kind of theft in regards to your accounts. If you actually become a victim of identity theft, you can put a security alert on your credit reports. Um, if it affects your Social Security number, you can put an alert on your Social Security number as well. If the theft was through through postal mail, you can alert the postmaster and file a um, complaint with, in that regard. Um, if the theft was um, by check, you can call um, check systems and let them know you're a victim of identity theft, and then also let your bank know, um, and they have measures in place to protect consumers who are victims of identity theft. You probably need to open a new account um, and a get a new account number and, and all new accounts. And then you just want to make sure you protect your personal information. Don't throw financial statements or receipts in the trash. Make sure you mm -hmm. shred all your financial information because people go through your trash. And so even if you shred it, you just want to make sure you mix it in with other trash because if you just throw <laughs> it in a trash bag with just a shredded paper, people can people actually put those yeah. shredded pieces of paper back together. So you really have to be really diligent about protecting your personal information. Even when you go into a store and um, you're pulling out your credit card, make sure you cover it up because if someone has a camera phone, they can just take a picture of your credit card number without your knowledge and you don't, mm -hmm. you're not even aware. And so you just really have to protect all of your personal financial information. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah, all it takes is a camera phone. They can take a picture of both sides of your credit card, and that's all the information they need. That's wow. right. You know, I I was a victim as well, um, and, and it's funny because, um, yeah, someone purchased some items and they were um, mailed to California, and um, I shop at Macy's, but. Um, we only use our Macy's card for that, and this was right around Christmas. And um, I knew it right away, but um, I was also informed, too, by, um, by I believe they tried to use my PayPal account. I believe they also informed me as well. So it's funny because your banks and also they have services as well that you can sign up for, and it's generally pretty cheap that they will monitor your transactions for you. And there's some simple things that can, you know, send up a red flag. If um, if you have purchased something online and it's not going to your home address, that's a red flag, you know? That's correct. 
Yeah. Yes, and, and also banks, um, banks to have that service. But also when you're traveling out of town, anywhere outside of the city that you live in, you should call your bank or credit union to let them know that you're traveling and let them know where you are traveling so that if any fraudulent charges occur outside of your travel area or, or outside of your home state, they are aware. Mm -hmm. For example, I went to Atlanta and someone had made a charge in another state, and they, my bank called me and said, did you make this charge at whatever state it was? And I said, no, I'm currently in Atlanta. And so they were able to catch it and, and uh, were able to take care of the issue for me without me having to go through a lot of rigmarole and, and, and trouble. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's good to know because um, the more these things are done, I think the more, you know, financial institutions um, are able to understand the patterns and think of ways to safeguard as well. And the stories don't sound as um, outlandish as they would have maybe 10 years ago because it happens so often. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I'm a big fan of PayPal as well because PayPal – it's almost like having a brand new credit card for each transaction that only lasts for one transaction. So I, I love my PayPal account. And every time something crazy has gone on, they've let me know before I, I knew anything. So That's good. And I just want to remind your listeners again to make sure you check your financial statements thoroughly because mm -hmm. I went to a seminar and a gentleman came up to me afterwards and said that, he had a fraudulent charge on his bank statement that had been there for a year, but mm. the amount was so small, it was just like $20, he assumed yeah. that it was his mm -hmm. charge. And so because of, because it had been done for a year, he was not able to recoup his money. So you, it's really important that you look at your financial statements every month, even use the automated system before um, your financial statement becomes available to check it. I would check it at least once a week to make sure that there are no fraudulent charges because, like I said, you only have a small window to uh, report the issue. Yeah, yeah. And me, I check mine every day, three or four times a day with Mint and as well as the um, the app from my bank. <laughs> yes, that's yeah, good. Yeah, because, um, you know, I have an alert each and every time money moves in my account. And um, I look at my phone each time it happens. So I have um, a number of different, um, you know, trails of um, any transactions because I've learned my lesson then. And fortunately for me, each time it has happened, I've been able to catch it, you know, right away, almost immediately. And that's one of the reasons yeah. why it, it didn't take very long for my money to be uh, transferred back to me as well. Once there was actually some kid through my, um, <laughs> through my um, iTunes account had purchased a bunch of games in China Wow. <laughs> yeah, and they informed me of that, and um, it was just amazing. Uh, I, I don't know how these things occur, but when they do, it, it just it amazes me that these things can occur so quickly. And it was obvious to me, based on the um, purchases, that a, a kid had actually gotten access to this information somehow. It was just unbelievable. Wow. Well, well, <laughs> well. I want to thank you for um, sharing uh, those tidbits of information. And um, you know, when you have a, a, another seminar up and coming, I, I know you've got a lot on your calendar. Um, I'd like to be able to make it out to one as well. So I'm going to take a look at that. Um, if there's something 
specifically this downtown too. Um, just let me know, and um, I'll try to make it out as soon as possible. Okay, thank you. Thanks for that. Yeah, um, because I'm sure a lot of folks think we're old friends by now, but um, yeah, we've never met. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It feels yeah. like we're old friends. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Harine, again, uh, I want to thank you again for for joining us, and um, wish you the you know the best of luck and for what you do for people out there, especially in their situations. You know, God bless you. I mean, you know, they they really need someone like you and someone that can lead and guide them in the right direction and has a story um, of a person who can really understand their situation and um, work them out of it. So, you know, the worst thing in the world when you get in a situation like that is to run into someone who sits behind a desk and who's condescending to your situation. So, you know, um, kudos to you for just, you know, being the person that you are and doing what you do. Thank you so much. Okay, well, we hope to see you again next time. And until then, you know, peace and blessings to you, and we'll talk with you soon. All right, same to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I just wanted to let you know that during the next few months, Healthy Kinder Incorporated will be running its Give 5 campaign to raise money for childhood obesity prevention programs throughout the metropolitan area. Please visit the Give 5 campaign page on the website today at HealthyKinderKids.org to learn more about how you can make a significant difference in the lives of our children. Please share this message with your friends and family members to support this very important and worthy cause. Even their children can benefit from the Healthy Kinder programs. We encourage you to contact your congressperson and state representatives and ask them to support President Obama's health care reform plan. Prevention is key to the survival of our future generation. And thank you for taking time out of your busy day for a measure of truth. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community, a program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, Kids and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step of a lifelong journey. The choices they make today, based on God's love for them, will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. All of this can be traced back to the time when a Young Life leader reached out and entered their world. Your support will provide girls with an opportunity to attend parenting classes, summer camp, and empowerment programs that just might change their lives. To learn more, visit their website at younglivesdc.younglife.org or call the regional director, Sharon Holland, at 202-399-7017. My friends... We should not all try to become teachers. In fact, teachers will be judged more strictly than others. 
all of us do many wrong things, but if you can control your tongue, you are mature and able to control your whole body. By putting a bit into the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse different directions. It takes strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain uses only a small rudder to make it go in any direction. Our tongues are small too, and yet they brag about big things. It takes only a spark to start a forest fire. The tongue is like a spark. It is an evil power that dirties the rest of the body and sets a person's entire life on fire with flames that come from hell itself. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures can be tamed and have been tamed. But our tongues get out of control. They are restless and evil and always spreading deadly poison. My dear friends, with our tongues we speak both praises and curses. We praise our Lord and Father, and we curse people who were created to be like God. And this isn't right. Can clean and dirty water both flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? Are any of you wise or sensible? Then show it by living right and by being humble and wise in everything you do. But if your heart is full of bitter jealousy and selfishness, don't brag or lie to cover up the truth. That kind of wisdom doesn't come from above. It is earthly and selfish and comes from the devil himself. Whenever people are jealous or selfish, they cause trouble and do all sorts of cruel things. But the wisdom that comes from above leads us to be pure, friendly, gentle, sensible, kind, helpful, genuine, and sincere. When peacemakers plant seeds of peace, they will harvest justice. Wisdom from the Apostles from James 3. And without compromise, a measure of truth. Legit. 
through their establishment. Don't even bother to attend. It was establishment to bend. Right, righteous. Keep your Oscar, keep your Grammy. Don't even send me a nomination invitation of indoctrination, abomination. No need for validation from your pagan temple men of gold. Truth be told, I ain't so out for in. Heaven is my origin. Sinner, no sense. Original sin, it did begin when idolatry came. Satan to blame. Change the focus. Hocus pocus with his aim. Give you the world, it's his claim. Give you the world, it's his fame game. Is that the game for you? To praise God's name. Jealous is he, him only will it be. Why can't we see? Because we're blinded by the temporary nature of our temporal existence. It's resistance that we need. Rebuke Satan. Relate to God. Prostrate. Humility to create. Repent. Relent. Less is best. Arrogant lies we must despise. Arrogant hypocrisy we must not be. Fame is blame and arrogant is not down to earth. What's it worth? Nothing. You get what you ask for. Do not adore this world for it will not last. But you said you'll come to pass. Don't go so fast. Stop. Job well done is what I live to hear, but not from you, man. Keep your cheering. God being all for I heard his call and I speak the words that I hear. The glory will be his and not mine. Divine, 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 thou art mine. Divine inspiration, the vine. Divine revelation, his holy creation. The vine was mine, is mine. And the way, and the way is the truth. And the truth is the life. Could it, might it be right? Let there be light. Take time to ponder, ponder the Father. Take time to contemplate, don't wait. Ponder and wonder, take it under consideration. Healing has begun. Denzel will, God say, well done. Money is the root, money is the loot, money our money is paper, back five, what, where, when, that sin, ruby, diamond, gold now, that's true treasure, it's God's the pleasure, and his pleasure to endure, that's for sure, of these things you strip the earth for you to hoard, 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 all aboard the train to get what you dangle, truth you mangle, there's nothing behind the dollar but selfishness and debt restless, we've been sold a lie of the American dream, time to wake up and glean something else like righteousness, not the mess of this whole system, for it will lean and fall like the Babel Tower, God's will shall be done. Good 
afternoon, whatever time the song might find too. Good morning or good afternoon. Just waking up in the morning. In the house like a kid, a kid playing Martin. Starting my day off right, saying something like, Thank you, Lord, you bless me much. Your air I breathe, you woke me up. That touch in the morning caused me to roll over, shake out both my feet and outstretch my shoulders. My limbs is there, my Tim's is there. Check my top drawer, found clean underwear. Take a shower for a moment or two, brushing my tooth, smile at my daughter, cause she's so cute. Your mercy's everlasting, truth endures. To all generations, for I close that door. Pray over my family, cause that's my role. Have no clue what the day as a whole may hold. But I know you hold it, so it'll be alright. Giving thanks in the morning might change my life. So good morning, a good afternoon. Whatever time the song might find you. Good morning, a good afternoon. Just waking up in the morning, gotta think. Good morning, a good afternoon. Whatever time the song might find you. Good morning, a good afternoon. Today we could get drunk as a skunk, rude, defiant Stumbling upon lust, falling violent Unruling in traffic, flick the bird while driving Or taking insult and responding silence This is your day, some way to trust You make it rain on the just and the unjust Hung like an ornament on a tree for you and me I like to live so the whole world can see Your resurrection power raises some from the grave Inside the believers, freeing the slaves From the bondage of past and present sins If I slip yesterday, I don't have to again No, I'm destined to win if you hold me tight Giving thanks in the morning might change my life So good morning a good afternoon, whatever time the song might find you. Good morning, a good afternoon, whatever time the song might find you. Good morning, a good afternoon. Just waking up in the morning, gotta. Good morning, a good afternoon, whatever time the song might find you. Good morning, a good afternoon. Like jet blue, fly with the light blue, hat to the back, yeah, rap, but I'm not through. Rain, sleet, snow, Chicago, postman, overflows, by the truckloads. A justice game for wedding with endeavors, colorful with the language, flip, hustle with sweaters, I swear, solemnly, reality, drop lines like an anchor, man, Ron Burgundy, good news, on heads like lead balloons, daily devotions is in, stay tuned, stay tuned. Wow, we just come to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. 
and watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Every man is born, every man, every man, and every man owes God a death, at least one.